0: Afternoon gang. Hope you're good. Welcome back to another week of chewing It Over episodes of which you'll be relieved to know mostly guests. You're not going to get me monologuing much this week at all. Maybe Friday might put a bit of a special in there. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining me again. It was really interesting last week. We had some great chat on the uh, live chat function, but also the guests. I mean, we Tom Jessen was on Monday announcing the launch of his book, which out the Tuesday that's, con- that's gone off, so I'm over the moon about that. Obviously going to take all the credit for every book sold and uh, and be be, be uh, leveraging that for future use. Uh, but also, it turns out that's what we do on Mondays. We talk about books of my friends and colleagues. And so I've got Emma Brockwell on the show today. Absolutely delighted to have her. Um, so without me wittering a, a potted introduction, I'm going to try to get Emma straight in and we can have a chat about what she's been up to emma can you hear me all right
1: i can hear you i've got everything connected unlike a moment ago
0: everything's all, every, all, the, all the leads are where they need to be yeah.
1: um, so as i've just
0: said we we, we launch we all oh, we talk about recent book launches on monday shows i'm chewing it over it seems now you've got a new book out which is called why did no one tell me how to protect heal and nurture your body through motherhood very exciting it's been uh, we, we've known of it for a while and it's just felt like that day has been looming <laughs> yeah. how, have you, how have you been in recent days i bet it's been a bit of a whirlwind
1: Oh, it's been amazing. Um, it's been quite intense. Um, there's quite a few opportunities that have come my way from a social media point of view. So they're quite exciting, but they're quite labour intensive, um, as all of these things are. Um, so, that, so they're sort of coming up over the next couple of weeks. Um, do you know, I've just been so blown away by the support that I've got from writing the book. I was really ner- well, you know. I was really nervous about releasing the book um, because I want it to do well. I want it to be getting the right information across, um, and I want my peers to like it too. Um, and you guys are the ones that I'm nervous about, my peers, because <laughs> it has to be evidence based and it has to be putting across the right message. Um, and so far the response has been amazing like so much support and I think how lucky we are to work in a profession that offers the amount of support we do to other colleagues so thank you for uh, for not not uh not uh hating the book so far and I hope I hope the positivity continues that's my hope
0: can you imagine that how nasty it would be for me to smuggle like a scathing critique in now? If it's like, well, now we're here, Emma. I've got a few bones to pick with you. I'm no, waiting for I'm, it. I'm actually, no, I haven't got my hands on a copy yet, but also I'm not quite that guy. But, um, I think one of the things we are just reflecting on, because I'm really pleased to hear that you've had that experience. I'm not surprised. I think in part because I know how I'm feeling about this, which is just and it's coincided with you and Tom, who's in our close sort of network, of thinkers that we work with closely now, and it just, I think it's just a massive admiration that I have and I think that others will have to actually just have got the work done like that, that those of us that are not just clinicians, but also then in this sort of educational space, advocacy space, trying to raise standards we all kind of know that that is especially typically that is the way that you're meant to do it get your you know work your ideas up then get them on paper and then publish that through but so few of us actually get around to doing that and and so few of us actually it's worth doing and so when you do I'm I'm so pleased that that you're seeing uh, everyone you know really celebrate that because I know that's how I'm feeling is that you know i'm so glad that you're doing it because it's definitely your ideas need to be perpetuated in various different mediums and i I love that that it is doing what has been one of the things i haven't really got into with you even privately is like what was the core motivation for writing the book and how did it come about
1: i guess the real motivation were my patients that i see every day um (laughs) I'm fed up with hearing actually the the titled question. Why did no one tell me? Um, because there's nothing more heartbreaking than women coming into your clinic, realizing that, that possibly they have, let's say, a pelvic organ prolapse, and not necessarily angry that they they've had that they have this these symptoms, but just angry that no one told them about these symptoms um, or that they might occur. And this is a real failing i think because you know we don't need to sh- to sugarcoat pregnancy childbirth and postnatal recovery for women we're all adults you know we we possibly shouldn't expect to go through such huge physical changes without some um physical symptoms occurring and what frustrates women often because i have what well, by the time they've seen me it's taken them sometimes a few years to get to me, um, is they're just so disappointed that they weren't informed and then told about how to treat these symptoms sooner. So for me, it was really, I'm just fed up with hearing the why did no one tell me. And I, I wanted to be able to offer offer some advice and support and empower women so that they can react to these symptoms sooner, but even better, prevent these symptoms as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Another motivator has been my own personal experience. I've had pelvic floor issues after having um, my children, and I was a MSK physio before I went into pelvic health physio. Um, And really, my pregnancy with my son was dreadful. Um, and my postnatal recovery was awful and at that time I just thought this isn't okay this is stuff I should be knowing about and not only did I learn about it but I also developed a real passion for it and therefore I specialised and my final motivation for writing the book is because it might sound cheesy but i have a daughter and i have a stepdaughter and if they choose to have children i sure as hell do not want to hear them say oh mom why did no one tell me that this might happen because why shouldn't we be telling women that these are things are potentially going to happen or at least how to prevent them happening so three motivations patience me and my and my kids
0: fantastic that's brilliant and now i always try to uh especially those of you that are tuning in live i know most of you are catching this afterwards and we get your questions afterwards and so please don't be shy to to get in touch with your listening to this afterwards but if you are tuning in live i'd love to ask you guys to to join us on the chat and sort of ask any questions that you might have for, for emma about the book or otherwise but t- typically i want to ask you a question as to what do you feel uh, as mostly an msk audience that we have but what would you feel is uh, are the areas that that you know, do you agree with Emma's uh, suggestion that that, uh, that these things aren't talked about nearly enough? And if so, why do you think that is? Because that's my next question for Emma, really, as to why did no one tell you? Like, why is, the, why is that still there? Um, and I know uh, a little bit about your analysis being fairly thorough, that it's not one thing, but generally speaking, what would you say are the, the sort of key analytical points you've made when, when wondering as to why it is that no one's sort of speaking up about this stuff? <sighs>
1: think if we think about women as to why they're not speaking up about it, it's because a lot of women are embarrassed. It takes about seven years for the average woman to go to their healthcare professional and um, discuss these these issues. Um, I also think that they're a taboo thing to talk about and a lot of women don't realize that possibly their girlfriend has got the same symptoms and um, they are horribly common um which doesn't make them normal but they are common and women don't always recognize that I also think sometimes when they go to the healthcare professional um they're often told well you know what you've had a baby women leak urine after having a baby but it, it Carry on, you know. Wear some pads. Oh. So, so we're not offering, um, we're not offering treatment. We're just offering ways of managing these symptoms, um, and because a lot of issues that can occur particularly around pelvic health, don't necessarily cause pain, Um, women can just push them aside and think, well, you know what, if I avoid the trampoline or if I just wear a pad, then things will be fine. Um, I'm not, it doesn't hurt. It's just a real annoyance and sometimes a bit of an embarrassment. So I think our the whole narrative on this whole subject ha, subject has to change. And, and the first thing to say is that, yes, these com- as I've said, these issues are really common, um, but they are not normal. And the best thing is they can be treated for the majority of women as well. Um, mm. I think in terms of healthcare professionals and medical professionals and even fitness professionals, I wonder if there's a bit of an embarrassment about asking women about these things as well. Um, and how best to approach the subject? I know we've spoken about it before. How do particularly male uh, professionals ask women about these symptoms, and make, but also make it relatable to to the symptom that the woman's there being treated for? Um, yeah, yeah. And that's that's difficult. I don't know. Since you've been been more in the world of pelvic health or have a better understanding of of awareness of it. Have, has your approach changed to how you potentially screen women for it, or are you still figuring that out? Where are you in that journey?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think I'm, um, I'm definitely in a spot where there's sort of two parts to it. One is that I am always refining that message and trying to make sure that things are... Professionally appropriate to raise that 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 I'm timing it well with regards to where the rapport is at. That there's a, the appropriate caveats in place where necessary. Sometimes by you know using humour where appropriate in recognising the elephant in the room. That you know what maybe would I know of these things, but equally I need to make sure that they are relevant or I feel they're becoming relevant as part of our conversation so far. But then it's almost the the. I think I've probably allowed for that maturity of of thought to to develop slowly until I kind of work with you guys a bit more closely. And now that process is in a bit of a pressure cooker because coming to understand the incredible importance of that stuff and that, 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 that any basic sort of squeamishness I might have or, or in and around those taboos or any making making the mistakes in that direction. I think I I was on a bit of a go slow with it and 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 it wasn't prioritized enough for me, Mm. whereas now getting to know the statistics as well as the stories, as well as being more closely associated with, with yours and Groningen and, and others work in this area has made me realize like it's such, that is such a minor symptom, a consequence on me and my colleagues and that, it's just tough shit yeah. and we need to get stuck in and we need to, we need to um, get, get, get used to it, get better at it. But also that, that speed of which we need to instigate change, there's just far more of an urgency to it than I ever anticipated. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, it coincides, as you know, uh, with us having children. Yeah, I agree. And, the, and, and, and so you, you then end up with that you know, I, I used the word maturity. It's like that is also what's happening is you kind of just yeah. becoming more worldly-wise to the effects of these things. And, and also then you're meeting, it's not just us being parents, you're meeting more parents, so you're meeting more consequences. Or I'm asking more careful questions when I'm doing strength and conditioning work with Charlotte's hockey team. Yeah. And I'm getting, to, and I'm getting her to do hurdles over hockey sticks and stuff. And they're all sort of winking and nudging at each other um, and saying, oh, I'd rather not, Jack. I've had children. And so I, I me, historically, probably not, it would have gone over my yes. head. Yes, yeah. And now I'm like, well, not... Actually, I'm I'm not okay with that, or i say I'm not okay with that. I mean, I'm I'm not, not yeah. going to overlook that. Let's not let's not accept that as normal, like you said. So I hope that gives an answer because I definitely want to. We're all about trying to raise awareness and standards in this game, and and that's what's really exciting about the timing as well of, with you bringing this book out. It's not just for. this. one of the things to clarify. It's actually written for the the lay lady. Yeah. It's not a clinician interclinician yeah. book although there's plenty in there for clinicians to get stuck
1: into i imagine yeah i mean i think it's predominantly for women who are thinking of getting pregnant who are pregnant and who have just had their baby um i do think it is helpful for clinicians or fitness professionals who are working with women but aren't necessarily necessarily specializing in in the perinatal world or pelvic health world um Mm. but I, i i just think what what I what I hope if I just go back for a minute of what I hope happens um, and I think is going to happen is I just hope we get better at screening with our with our MSK screening including pelvic health within that um, mm. and I do think that's where the power of things like pelvic health um, live are going to come in because for too long now pelvic health has been seen as this a subsection of physio but it's just another part of MSK it's just another part of physio and we all need to be working together collaborating together so much more to to create a holistic approach to, to how we treat, not just women, but men. I mean, I, I am not a men's health physio. I've, I've, I've never gone down that road, unfortunately as yet. Um, but, but we know that men's health, you know, that there's a, there's a huge issue with pelvic health in, 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 in men's world, in men's world. And I would love as well to see more MSK, particularly male physios going down that road. Cause I think that's a really exciting road to go down as well. So I think, by us talking and having books out like this and having conferences like you're going to do on the 6th of March, I just think it's really powerful. And I do see change on the horizon, which is really exciting.
0: Yeah, I feel like I—I I mean, sometimes maybe because we're stuck in it, and <laughs> yeah. we're convincing ourselves that the tide's turning, but it does feel like we're doing that. And it's—and it's your work that's helped our ability to be able to point to yourself and, and others in that space is—is is really empowering for us because otherwise we would just be like, "Oh, maybe next year," you know, but we just keep putting that off. There's a couple of things though that I want to just flag with that: where pelvic health and women's health has always—it has been uh, separate. I mean, it's a maturity of that term. Um, to go to pelvic health, really, mm. and and things where where people women's health, it was it was therefore almost uh, made made taboo by its by its language yeah. and topic. But then also, it felt like it is one of those areas that, granted, people were were siloing it and therefore not going there. But also, there were a bit of protectionism that I at least perceived. Um, you know, and, and even had my fingers burnt a few times. You know, mm. it's like there were certain times where I was quite willing to, you know, when we were talking about. Um, specific recruitment, or we're talking about various different circumstances when we're when we're talking about mechanisms of effective interventions. Where a number of years ago, I recall then people saying, "You know, you, you're painting with too broad a brush because in, in women's health, that's really relevant." To which I'd then say, "Well, please, you know, just explain more." It's like, "Well, you just want to understand it." It wasn't. <laughs> it was. The, it was the, there was a protectionism yeah. around. Well, this is there's a, there's an internal logic. <laughs> I can't believe I've
1: just
0: <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. But th- there, is, um, there is something here that's, that's so relevantly different to MSK that you just won't get it, can't get it, and we're not actually willing to teach you. And I was coming at it very openly, mm-hmm. trying to understand it. Now... Do you think that has my my experience been quite unique there or do you feel like you can recognise some of that? No,
1: I think, unfortunately, your experience is probably had by a lot of us and not just you as a male. I remember when I did my um, women's health placement as a junior physio. It's not even called junior anymore, is it? It's band five. I'm so old. (laughs) Um, But when I was a junior, um, I did my women's health placement and I was really excited about it. And I thought, oh, you know, I think there's something in this. And I remember some of my um, peers, my seniors, um, actually saying, you know, this is kind of the profession that you take on when you've had a couple of kids and you want to work part-time and it's just lovely because you can really relate to your patients and I thought oh right okay well I'm 23 or however old I was because I, I did a degree <laughs> before physio and I thought oh well, fine well I'll just I'll part that thought for some time um
0: yeah, see you in a few I'll see you in a few yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. A, a decade um and um <laughs> and do you know I'm really I look back with such regret on that Someone like Gronje, um who is my co-presenter on At Your Cervix, just in case no one knew, um, she really embraced women's health immediately. And actually, when I reflect on how she did that, it was quite a brave move because she probably didn't receive that much support from her uh, seniors. From uh, as a result of doing that, so she had some good foresight. And I've got a few colleagues that had some good foresight with that. I wish I'd had that. Um, but I do think, I do think for too long now, we've, as pelvic health physios, we've possibly been keeping ourselves within our silos as well. And I think social media has helped change that. I mean, I have to say, social media has opened up so many opportunities for physios, but pelvic health physio in particular, because it's given us a route in to speak to women. And then we've realised the importance of what we've, we've been doing, and it's given us confidence to talk more and more and more. So there's lots of reasons for it changing, but it it has to change for the greater good of of all men and women.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you, your good friend and my my colleague—I don't know if she'd want to associate me as a friend—but Elaine <laughs> Miller has been on your <laughs> matters, and she she was she really was about the policy implications of the workforce issue that comes with the fact that, of course, of course, trying to proliferate women's health, pelvic health, making people more skilled and understanding in that direction is one thing. But if we can, you know, why on earth we wouldn't simultaneously try to improve awareness amongst MSK physios as well as any, say physios or other therapists as well, simultaneously. And therefore anything that goes against that message is just gonna be counterproductive. And so on a practical policy level, just for workforce planning, that's the sort of thing we need to do. Now, Grony and yourself, it's really interesting for me to have witnessed it's the first time I feel like I've really engaged with people that, that they're not putting on a pelvic health hat. They're, they're reasoning with holistic variables affecting someone's disabilities or whatever they might present with. And I think that that, that integration just feels more compatible. It doesn't feel like a bolt on that I might maybe visit one day. It might, or. If I go there, I'll need to then study it to high heaven. It's like, well, no, this is integrated reasoning. You know, it's 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 just it's actually it's actually a body a body area that you're overlooking. But fundamentally, your reasoning and your logic and the mechanism of effective interventions and the the way in which your communication and rapport is going to naturally match uh, match this up well mm-hmm. that's made it feel more compatible and it's taken for you guys to articulate that and also even in the excerpts that so i haven't, I haven't got my hands on a copy of your <gasps> i need what, to on send you excerpt... one
1: then i thought you had one
0: well i'm waiting for the signed copy that's oh well, i've got copy. my copy yeah. for you
1: right
0: here oh how exciting <laughs> right well the excerpts i've seen on google books uh, the, the, oh, the, the no. bits of redacted etc that i've been scratching around for waiting for said signed copy right so the, the the bits in there that seem fascinating is that you you're translating some of this material that you've come to understand in your experiences and and the evidence in such a way that then you, you I can't, if you did it in, if you did it if this is if this is almost like the first draft I'm just fascinated because it just feels like it's been through layers of your thought to think no I want to make I' I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain that a little bit more carefully i'm gonna I'm gonna go that bit further to make sure it's translated to the to the lay person how was that process and, and and was it something that kind of you you took to that translation work really easily or did it take a few passes to get there
1: yeah loads <laughs> right
0: um
1: <laughs> actually i have to say that i was incredibly lucky that i had Gonya to liaise with a lot with the book um because some of what i was saying i don't think reflected strongly enough with an msk bias as to what we now know so in terms of things like posture and pelvic girdle pain i don't i don't think my first drafts were um accurate enough in terms of what the evidence is now showing Um, Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to take anything away from myself because it still is you know still had to put the hard graft in but when you work with someone like grunya who has a very, I have a very MSK and pelvic health hat on, but she has a real MSK and pelvic health hat on because I think always
0: integrated. she yeah, is yeah.
1: always really integrated. Um, I don't know if I, and that's partly because she's a super brain. So, you know, we can't all have that brain, <laughs> but that is partly as well. I wonder if because her husband's a MSK physio as well and they I reckon those two geek it out every night. They have to, Um, but they're so up to date with their evidence. And what I really had to do was get more up to date with my MSK evidence because I'm acutely aware of some of the messaging that we put out in the pelvic health world isn't quite tying up with the messaging that's being put out in the MSK world and again we need to just meet meet together to to define those those similarities and make sure that we are all spreading the same message um and that will come from working more with the likes of yourself and G- jack jim <laughs> <laughs> sorry jim, jim. <laughs> sorry jim, jim
0: with jim he's actually on the chat as well oh jim.
1: is he sorry i never show sure if you're jim or jack in normal world or chewing it over world you must be jim
0: he's he's got his jim jim everywhere and i'm trying to persuade his parents to start calling him jim as well but now, now you mention it he's actually he actually asked a question in the chat that i've overlooked because oh. you just reminded me but he said is there an industry desire to retain these issues such as with panty liners and pads etc um, so l- let's go there because uh, Fiona has also weighed in, thank you Fiona, saying having worked for a multinational who makes women's products, I think it'll be a challenge to get them fully on board due to the impact on their pro- uh, on their profits. Certainly mm-hmm. something that we've spoken again on air with with Elaine uh, mm-hmm. before, but can we just touch on that for a couple of minutes because that is a that is a big force isn't it for us to be reckoning with yeah
1: huge um i think elaine miller's done an incredible job with these um pad companies to be honest she goes at them hammer and tongs um they have come around more to changing their messaging um and that is that pads are for uh managing your symptoms until you get better and the messaging was always before if you leak urine don't worry about it just put in a pad and carry on and that's just naff and awful and terrible and what we have to remember is one of the main reasons older women get put into nursing homes is because of incontinence and it is not acceptable that we are saying to women look put a pad in when we know that there's us that can help get get you better so Elaine's been key in trying to change that messaging and working with those companies we can't work against them because that's just not going to achieve anything we have to find again again, some common ground where we can still make sure that they're in profit because they have to be and want to be, but also that they're getting across the message that we exist. And I don't know if this has happened yet, but I do know she was in talks to try and get on the pad some messaging, <laughs> see a pelvic health physio if you're using this product. Um, And, you know, that's so cool. And <laughs> She's so clever with, with such simple messaging, we can work together so that no one's out of pocket in, the, in its entirety but but fundamentally what's important here money or women not leaking urine
0: you know well I mean there's, there's no way that those two things need to be much mutu- uh, that they need to be mutually exclusive it's like why on earth that you know there's, there's no way that that couldn't even feed into to it if their messaging was sharper and and and, and tidier and that has had industry on side had worked uh hand in glove with with the healthcare world but that feels feels like it could have an enhancement, especially because they're exa- they've, they've exhausted the other way, mm. and there's surely another way of, of going about that. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm giggling because I'm just thinking that. Like, so so Elaine's idea is to put messaging on the pad, yeah. and now in my head I've got that actually it's not it's invisible and it only is then when wet. You know, uh, like those mugs yes. that heat that change the picture is when they're warm. you can take that Elaine
1: if that part of your plan hadn't been put in place because I do I do think what a cracking idea you know and I'm just so bored of this oops moment rubbish I mean oh it's so it's horrible it's just insulting and it's impatronizing to women so you know we're really lucky in our in our pelvic health world that we have the likes of Elaine who are champion championing us doing what we're doing but also Mm -hmm. keeping those companies on side so we can all work together it's awesome Yeah,
0: yeah Well, Granya's got back to us, and she said that I assume she's in her and her husband. They don't even speak to each other. Never mind about work. Well, they've
1: got four kids. How can they, they speak to each other? Like, this
0: is what's hilarious about the fact that they they're doing any work whatsoever. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, fascinating. But thanks, Granya. Um, I love that. Me and you, are, me and you, are talking about our friends. I oh, know. Sorry, Granya. We, we, we didn't even think, did we? Um, but yeah, Louise Huntley. Thank you for commenting, Louise. She said in MSK, we're coming away from activating, isolating small deep muscles like trans abs and multifidus is that the same in pelvic health physio now before you answer that because we're re- nearly out of time no oh. me and your partner in crime gronya uh-huh. are going to get stuck into questions just like that oh, amazing are you therapy live pelvic health uh, on the 6th of march we're going to do a piece whereby me and grania are going to almost like a a live discussion, live podcast. We we did this off air just because she was schooling me on this stuff the other day. And I was just like, this is incredible Mm. content. People need to know this. So it's a fantastic question, Louise. We are going to visit that in detail because there are areas where it's definitely behind, but there are areas where we do need to be careful not to be as dismissive of some of the selective recruitment stuff. Where yes. Selective recruitment for back pain, you're right, we've moved past it. Selective recruitment for pelvic floor for trying to get activation patterns back, certainly a better evidence mm-hmm. base for it and makes more logical sense when you uncouple that from pain. So that's the sort of example. Uh, I've probably stolen the thunder from the answer there a little bit, Emma, but is there anything you want to pass, comment on with that? No,
1: I just want to say, I think that conversation that you and Gronia have is essential in helping pelvic ha- the world of pelvic health move forwards there are still I'm sure some pelvic health physios that do just isolate I'd love to say and hope that my patients would say that I don't do that um, because I don't believe in that approach Um, and I don't think the majority of pelvic health physios do pelvic health physio I just want to say don't just teach pelvic floor exercises and this is one uh, you know this is the <laughs> reputation this is the myth that we need to bust um but louise i think as uh, it was louise wasn't it yeah i think yeah. i think you're spot on um and i and we are headed that way and a chat by jack and gonya is going to really help um consolidate that beautifully well,
0: pressure, pressure's on, Gwonea. If you're still listening, we've got this. Uh, but we've got yeah. This sorry, Gwonea. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that brings me on to uh, final, final things that that to make you guys aware of. First one is that Pelvic Health Therapy Live, Emma and Grainne have got their Live at Your Cervix podcast. If you haven't tuned into their podcast already, then please go and check that out. It's an incredible resource. I mean, we would say that we're very involved in it as producers, (laughs) but also I know the work that's going into it and I know what they've got in store. So do check that out. There's a live one, of course, uh, with Jessica Pinn, um, which I've got to mention that I came up with what has got to be the pun of the show, which is clitorally speaking. So they're going to be talking about the anatomy... The anatomy of the of the clitoris and all the relevant variables that come from that
1: oh you've gone but you told me to keep speaking when you when you'd gone so i'm going to but i might be talking over you um yeah clitoris speaking with jessica pin is going to be amazing she's been through quite the journey um so we'll be talking about her labiaplasty as well and um how she's championing huge change in how uh, health uh, how med- medics are um, taught anatomy. I kept talking. Did I go? Yeah. I, are, we, are we still live? What happened? Thank there? you, Katie. Katie napson said, "Brilliant work, Emma. I think she's." But because everything always goes with me and technology, so I just kept whittering on about Jessica P and I hope that was okay. Are you frozen again? Ah, oh, you're back.
0: I think I'm. Am I, am I, I don't know what's happening. Am I? Am I? Am I here? Or am I? <laughs> you're, back, you're back. I you're
1: back. you back.
0: happened? I need to. Oh, it's hilarious. I'm trying to use this device. I bet it's out of credit. I bet I need to go and top it up like a Nokia old Nokia oh, phone. Oh, So um, yeah, we're <laughs> back on the Wi-Fi. I think it's working. But we're out of time anyway. So apologies for that, guys. But uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm held court well. Um so I was. I don't know if you heard what I was saying. But, all this session in pelvic therapy live if you haven't got your ticket already then go and get them before they're gone uh thousands of people are going to be joining us to talk about these very topics and why it's important that we raise standards and awareness in this area emma um make sure you buy the book if you uh it's not you buy the book sorry make sure you buy emma's book i'm putting the link back in the um in the chat function before Thank Jim me off um so make sure you go and snap that up on amazon waterstones any other good bookshops um, and then also the final thing to say is I'm not An Antoine is in the comments as well. Thanks for tuning in, Leanne. She's going to be guest hosting tomorrow, doing what is going to be a monthly slot with Leanne as, as guest host. She's got a great Amazing. show in store for you tomorrow. Um, so really looking forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going, to, I'm going to get lost because we're over time now after my internet glitched. But any final things you want to say, Emma, and any other, just at least drop your social media handles for us
1: oh yeah so if you want to follow me on um on instagram as at physio mum uk i'm on twitter but i'm not very good at twitter emma underscore physio um and yeah uh Gronje and i have our next episode uh of at your service coming out i think it's in two weeks and we're going to be talking about breast health so um a little a little um you know diversion from uh, runners and pelvic health but hopefully um that'll be one for for everyone because it can make such a difference to female athletes and to recreational uh, athletes as well so it's one to listen to for sure
0: absolutely no, that's brilliant really looking forward to that and thanks as ever for your time and congratulations on the book It's absolutely uh,
1: thank you yeah, thank you for your support so guys take care all the best thanks guys see you later bye